All right. Welcome back to the Millennial Rabbis podcast, episode number three. This is a Jewish uh, tradition and Jewish law. Number three is very important because it's a chazaka. It's a it is chazaka in English. I have no idea. Um, um, it's basically it's in modern it's, now English, it's, we, call it, we would call it a trend. It's trendy. <laughs> it's a trend. Yeah. Now it's a thing. Now it's real. Now it's, uh, it's a thing. part of culture. Um, What's going on, Debbie? What's going on? I'm, I got up a little late today, but I'm happy to be here. And uh, we have some stuff on the table we want to talk about, important stuff. Um, so the main thing that we are going to focus on today is Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, our holy land. Um, it's a very important topic, a very big topic, um, very relevant topic, obviously, as we know what's going on in the world today. Um but before we get into the main discussion, let's, um, you know, me and uh, Rabbi Shmuel are going to share maybe some uh, personal uh, connection, personal experiences that we have um, from the land of Israel, just us personally. Let's just start with you, Rabbi. Um, so first of all, our personal, so first of all, before everything, it's kind of, you know, the, the subject of the land of Israel has been, I think, on all of our minds collectively for the last three months at all times. It seems, you know, with time, things kind of fade into the background and you kind of continue to live your life. And it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always. Almost like, almost like as long as it doesn't personally affect me at this moment, I can put it in the back burner, which is right. a terrible thing. Um, but it's something that's been on our collective mind as Jewish people around the world for the last three months. And um, I think that it was only, you know, we had we had we had we had a bit of an agenda. The first the first episode we had to talk about why we're doing this second episode was, you know, time, time sensitive, but here is something that's going on in the, you know, in the background, um, constantly. And it was, it was only natural that we start talking about it. So our real connection to the land of Israel is not that you were there, not that I was there, is that, um, we are Jews and that the land of Israel is inherently connected to our souls. Um, that's something that I don't think is talked about very much in the larger narrative of things, especially out in the media, social media. But Jews have an inherent soul connection to the land of Israel. It's sourced in many places in the Torah. It's actually quite a fascinating subject how the Torah um, connects the land of Israel so, so deeply and inherently to the Jewish people in a spiritual way. Um, and when we say you know, when, when, when one, you know, one of the big talking points is, well, look at, look at our religion three times a day, Jews pray and, and, and ask God for, for, to rebuild Jerusalem. That's only an expression, superficial expression of a very deep spiritual reality that exists, which is the Jews inherent connection to the, to the, to the land of Israel because of that connection, despite 20,000, 2000 years of exile, Jews from the, the world around have con continuously nonstop been, um, wanting to return to the land with the final redemption. That's why just listening to, to I was just listening to a bit that uh, some, someone may be able to speak about it later and mentioned that the Haggadah, the, the book that we read at the, the Pesach, uh, the Passover Seder, in some all... Read, some people sleep on, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you sleep on yours? No, I don't. I mean, I'm not, some, of my guests, some of my guests sleep on mine. <laughs> um, I have no choice. I have to stay up. But So is that why they're all covered in wine? Because you like... Chuck. Yeah, I'm throwing wine at them. Our our seder turns into a big food fight eventually. <laughs> um, but every single there's a there's thousands of versions of the Haggadah, thousands. Yet every single version has one line, well, several lines, but this one line across the board 
Lishana Haba Yerushalayim next year. We should celebrate this in Jerusalem because all Jews always, ever since the the terrible Holocaust that happened during the Roman exile, um, have held on to a collective desire to return to our not just our native homeland, but the part of the world that is spiritually bound with an with an unbreakable um, connection to our people. So. You wanted to talk about experience. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm not supposed to cough. I'm going to clear my throat. We're going to have all the guys fact-checking us and, and counting how many times we coughed and said, yeah. oh. They're, soon they're going to be placing bets on how many times Neft clears his throat. <laughs> so I went to Israel the first time when I was in when I was 15 on a um, in one of the typical summer you know, bus programs for a month driving up and down. I'm seeing, I, I saw more of Israel than some of my Israeli relatives. Uh, you know, sometimes it, this past time I went to Israel a year ago. My wife and I told my cousins who live in Netanya. I told them we went to Hebron. Oh, Hebron, never been there. Like, dude, it's an hour and a half from here. This is like your ancestral homeland, like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know, anyway. But um, the first time I went to Israel was I was 15. Um, interesting, interesting bit about that trip. Number one is um, in those years. So 15, I was 15. That was 12 years ago. Gilad Shalit was still um a, a a talking point it was just before the Gilad Shalit deal but one of the one of the vivid memories that i remember was passing through being in Rechavia in, in Jerusalem where his parents had this tent that they had set up and were sitting in every single day for the for years until they released him um another thing is fun you know well fun thing or not fun thing uh almost got into big trouble uh, it was it was it was summer of 2011 so it was just after the Egyptian government was overthrown in the Arab Spring. Now, like, like maybe half the people listening don't even know what I'm talking about. But I'm the nerd who, when, when, when our bus stopped literally at the border fence with Egypt and 50 yards away on the Egyptian side was a border guard in, his, in, a, in, a, in an observation tower. Um, I was the nerd that screamed out Mubarak, which is the name of the was the then deposed is, uh, Egyptian dictator. Um, the guy came down from his from his tower and started waving us over, and it quickly <laughs> quickly collected us back on the bus and drove off because God knows stuff bad stuff has happened on that border, and I got a real thrashing for that. Um, but um, I was in Israel, then I went to Israel back, back to Israel a few different times. I spent a year in Israel. We actually spent the same year in Israel, although we didn't know each other. Really. Um, I was studying in yeshiva in Jerusalem. It was right after, it was right after 2000, the 2014 summer. So going into the year was oh. not, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if the same thing was in your experience, but in my experience, it was, you know, midsummer, it, I, you know, I'd been already been, had my plans, plane tickets, everything. It was not, that was, by the way, it was the first time that a certain president whose name shall not be mentioned in this podcast, because we're not going to get political. It's not political. It's moral. A certain president that was in, that that was in power that that at that time canceled, banned American companies from flying to Israel. First time ever. Anyway, um, so it wasn't you know it was an uncertainty around going to uh, going to Israel in general. Then the war ended, and you know things calmed down. Um, that year was incredible year, um, but now that I now I'm looking back at it specifically through a lens of connecting with the land. Um, it brings back a lot of memories, um, some better, some worse. Um, 
in that in that period of time. So first of all, one of the things, one of the most vivid memories that I have was it was probably the first or second Shabbat I was in in Israel. I was in Jerusalem. I was in the, the historic Tzemach Tzedek Synagogue in the old city of Jerusalem, which is which is a Chabad, a hundred something year old Chabad synagogue that is still standing despite years of uh, of of you know changing hands and the Jordanians abuse the building and then fascinating story. I was in the synagogue. It's a great synagogue. Have you ever ever had a chance to go there? Of course. The place is a serious. Is, is the place is a, is a, is a, is, a, is a place with a lot of character, it's specifically because of the gabba. You know the gabba, Shia Yuzevich. It's my uh, my come my local colleague of Ramel Yuzevich's grandfather. The guy that screams at his 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 like regular vo- tone of voice is screaming. <laughs> ah, anyways, it's a, it's a good time. The, I remember the first time I went there at the kiddush table. There was a young guy. I don't remember his name. If I saw his face, I'd know exactly who he, I knew exactly who he was. The guy from Crown Heights was a lone soldier in the army. He was he came in carrying. He was wearing Shabbos clothes. He came in wearing. He came in wearing with his uh, with his uh, standard issue weapon. And they asked him like, "Get up and, and talk about what what you went through." He was he was part of the invasion force. It was there was a full on invasion into Gaza then. And I like I'll never forget him getting up with a lachaim in his hand and just not being able to say anything like he just started crying like he not he didn't he wasn't able to utter a single word out of his mouth um that continued with it was a very living in jerusalem then was a very um was a very rough time because the enemies of the jewish people had come up with a new innovation which was car ramming attacks um and it was and it was happening near us it was in the old city of jerusalem it was happening around us a few times they locked us down um, I remember, I'll never forget, there was also a lot of, there was a lot of Al-Aqsa fun going on, you know, in the, <laughs> on, on Harabait, where you could, I remember, I'll never forget, never forget Rosh Hashanah morning coming down the stairs to the Kotel Plaza and hearing, and hearing uh, riot explosives <laughs> coming from the other side of the wall. And that was a crazy time. It was a crazy time. And I, I personally, I want to talk about personal experience. I had a bit of a breakdown. And the, the, never really spoke about it until now. Actually, my wife never knew about it. I kind of, kind of like, I just all of a sudden remembered the feeling of being there when your brethren are being slaughtered around you. It's it's a it's a very weird feeling. And I wasn't you know like I wasn't a soldier. I didn't witness any terrorist attacks really personally firsthand. Um, but the feeling of seeing. The, the light rail train going one direction with with less with less uh, less broken glass than when it's coming back the, the other direction, knowing that every single time someone rides on that train, they're being pelted with rocks or that at that bus stop the day before uh, a young girl was was run over by a car just for being Jewish it really hit me very hard. Um, and so that very much formed my my very close and intimate connection. Uh, with the land of Israel, uh, I got to I got some inter- other interesting experiences, the likes of uh, spending a Shabbat in Hebron. That was interesting. We also went to Kever Yosef, the resting place of Joseph, which is in the city of Shechem, known to the Arabs as Nablus, which to get there requires a massive Israeli army operation, including a complete shutdown and quarantine of the entire city, which was uh, never forget the sight of a car, a one lone car driving down the street and an entire platoon of Israeli soldiers raising the weapons, pointing at the car. 
um, just for being out. It, it, this is, this is, and you know, like when you uh, reminiscing about these experiences, I realized this is, it's not, this is not diaspora. This is not the, the, the diaspora relationship to Israel that I had. I grew up with something called, I don't know, you probably don't know about it. It's called Shalom Sesame. So there's the, I'm sure you know that, you know about Shalom, you know Shalom Sesame? Um, so Sesame Street, I grew up on Sesame Street and Sesame Street had a few special episodes called Shalom Sesame, which was Sesame Street in Israel. And I kid you not, until I stepped foot in Israel as 15, any, any moment of Shalom Sesame that you could find, that was my picture of Israel. That was what Israel looked, Israel looked like 19 or mid 1980s patinaed footage of like people with short shorts, you know, (laughs) walking around. Um, they, like, you know, like, you know, like that, 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 that coloring, the coloration of like old, old VHS, like that was my, my Israel in, in my brain until 2011 was, was Shalom Sesame from the 1980s. Um, and then living there being, you know, being there, especially in Yerushalayim gives you a whole different, you know, feel for what's going on. And a lot of them, I have a lot of classmates that took that to the next level. They might, you know, guys that I studied with in Yeshiva that ended up enlisting in the army and are, you're probably serving today in the, in, in the, in the, um, uh, reserves. But, um, anyway, Davi, I, I see, I don't see you, but I'm, I'm, I'm I know the, hear the you. connection's a little choppy. I don't know. Like hopefully the, the stuff's getting recorded. It's good stuff. Are they? Oh, we've lost. We've lost. Are we losing each other? My partner, Dovey. Where are you, Dovey? Yes. Can you hear me? I hear you. You're you're frozen, but I hear you. Okay, I don't see you. I don't know. I wonder if it's your internet or my internet. Um, could be. The question is, whose connection is bad? um, (laughs) What about you, Dovey? Enough of me. Okay, fine. Let's. uh, I'll talk a few minutes about me because I hear. I see you now, but you're all you're covered in blur. Um, know, you, so look like what, okay. you, you look like what you look like what I what my vision looks like when I take my glasses off. <laughs> okay, um, I was going to say I look like the the, the resolution of a tw- two thousand nine cell phone picture. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are at the fifteen minute mark almost. So let's uh, let's we'll get let's move on with me at least, uh, and then we'll get into the main discussion. Uh, yeah. So my personal experiences with the land of Israel um, for me are very precious, very cher- cherished in my memory, in my heart. Um, I went to Israel essentially two times. I went on a group trip uh, for about a week. Um, most probably, I think it was 18. And then when I was 20, I was there for a year in the city of Sfas. I, I don't know how to pronounce Sfas in English because I saw like nine different pronunciations. Safed. 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 And in the north. And... Um, it's a different world over there. I mean, within Israel itself, Tzvat is, it's in a very holy way. It's just weird <laughs> in a good way as very well. Weird. Very weird. Very weird place. You want to put it, you want to, one word for Tzvat? Yeah. Weird. Weird, yeah. You know, everything's like, everything's brick. Everything's old. Everything's is so, it's so bizarre in such a very awesome way. I don't know how to say it. Um, everything's painted blue and it's, uh, you know, like when they, <laughs> I have a friend, he said, you know why things are painted blue? And then he said, no, he said, Kabbalah, Kabbalah. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah. So I was there for a year. I was, I was, uh, teaching in a, in a yeshiva there for, um, you know, young guys, actually a very range of ages, um, who did not grow up observant and, you know, 
found their they they connected with their heritage later on in their life and they found themselves they parked themselves in spots for however long they needed to be there and we were we and me and my friends were assisting in the yeshiva there very very incredible experiences um with both the guys there and the you know the 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 Jews living in the land of Israel um you know, people who grew up in America, people who grew up in Israel, born and raised there, don't speak a word of English, speak many, speak only English. And, um, you know, like I didn't grow up on, I didn't, my, my vision of, of, of Israel wasn't the Shalom Sesame necessarily, but uh, I'm sure it was a very, uh, you know. That's, a, that's fine, by the way. I don't know. I don't know what, my, 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 my picture of Israel, I guess, came from like learning in school and um, hearing different stories and seeing pictures and videos, I guess. But once I you, you come there, it's a different story altogether. This is this is this is our land. This is you know God gave this land to my great granddad Abraham um, thousands of years ago, and it says this is our, our eternal inheritance. And this is this is connected with me personally. When you step up foot on that land off the plane, it's just, it's a whoa, it's a whoa um, moment, um, and that whoa moment kind of continues. It lingers as long as you're there. the ground when you got off. I will not answer that question. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, enough about us, because like uh, Rabbi Shmuel said, our connection really to Israel is not really our personal experiences. It just kind of bolstered and strengthened that connection um, that was already there. But uh, now we uh, that's on the table that we have a connection. What is it that we have to say about the land of Israel at the moment? Um, um, Israel is, is in a state of war. It's scary stuff, very scary stuff. Um, the reason I, I think we kind of dis- we, we discussed what we we're going to talk about a couple days ago. I wanted to speak about it. Uh, but something happened today that you know, I sent you a message this morning. I was like, we have to speak about it yeah. um, because this is this is, you know, in, in Judaism, as Jews, we believe that everything is connected. The way the Jews are, their state of mind, their state of being affects what happens to them. This is very, by the way, on an individual and also on a collective level, very much rooted in capitalistic teaching. And so we're recording today on Tuesday. Um, I woke up to to the news this morning that uh, 24 soldiers were killed yesterday in Gaza. Um, Yeah, 21 of them were killed in one incident. And, you know, I I think one of the things that that when this stuff happens that I think about is first thought or one of the first thoughts is how beautiful is this nation, the Jewish people where every conflict that, um, that arises is so personal and every casualty becomes so personal. I don't know a single person that died in the last, in the, in, you know, in the last three months, um, there's just in the, just in, just in the, since the Gaza invasion, it's like the numbers now, like 200, 11 or something like that. Um, yet it, it hurts so much. It hurts so much. And like, you know, my wife's a lot of people that know, me know my wife and know my wife's from Ukraine. Ukraine has been at war for two years and you know, maybe it's, maybe it's me. Cause I, I'm not, you know, I'm very involved cause it's a place that I have a lot of connection to, um, both my family and also my experiences, but you know, it's like a hundred thousand, 200,000 is Ukrainian soldiers have died. It doesn't it doesn't hit me the same way. It's sad, I've seen, especially when you see a Jewish brother that's died in Ukraine. But 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 that's that's the whole thing. When when our 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 people is so intimately connected. 
Um, so I'm, I'm very, I, I, this is, this is kind of like <laughs> trying to maintain a positive, a positive, uh, vibe here, but it's, it's very, it's very upsetting. This kind of news. Um, one of the interesting things that I heard this morning was, uh, just it's nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, but one, I was hearing a clip from uh, an Israeli radio show this morning where the, the guy was, it was talking, read off the, he says, there are, there are, there are people beginning to mourn in the following places. Kiryat Arba, Tel Aviv, Alon Shvut, uh, Kiryat Shmona, uh, Haifa. And he started listing off all these different Israeli cities. And there's, there's, so most people that are listening know the geography of Israel, but some people don't understand maybe the, the, the depth, you know, of the dem, 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 demographics of Israel. When you say a Jew is from Kiryat Arba, he's what the media likes to call a Israeli settler. You know, the the what the the caricature is. You know, a guy with a woven kipasruga, uh, tzitzit, fat tzitzit hanging from his from his thing. He went to Hezder Yeshiva, probably. Is Mo, Kiryat Arba is a community of what we would call religious Zion. We call really the religious Zionist crowd, whereas everyone knows what Tel, Tel Aviv is the quote-unquote, you know, capital of Israeli secularism um, in where the, I spent the Shabbat in Tel Aviv and I felt out, super out of place walking down the street, like uncomfortable, like people were staring at me. It was it was weird. And he says, a Jew, a, Jew, a soldier from Kirat Arbor, a soldier from Alon Shvut, a soldier from Tel Aviv, they all fell under the same building that exploded by accident due to an, due to an attack. Hamas doesn't care. Kirat Arba, Tel Aviv, Alonshut. A Jew is a Jew is a Jew. You're all my enemy. Yet in the same, yet in the same time, you know, as the as, as this conflict has been going on, we see a bit of a decay in the very powerful unity that the Jewish people felt um, at the onset. And it's it's very disturbing. It's very sad to hear. Um, and it's something that we shouldn't just be upset about. It's something that we have to use as an inspiration to, you know, to, to, to ramp up those things that, that bring us together. So I was listening, sent this to you. I was listening to a bit. Um, there's a guy named, you know, for the Canadians, there's a guy named Mark Levin. Mark Levin is a Jew. Um, Mark Levin is a Jew who is uh, considered a conservative talk host. I, I admit not political. I just, you know, my upbringing is my upbringing. That was what Mark Levin was one of the few voices playing in my father's car, always in my childhood. <laughs> um, so Mark Levin is a Jewish guy. And he, he basically his this bit, he does it as a show on, uh, he's a show on primetime Sunday nights. And he has this bit where he talked in where he spoke about, he said to Israel, like, basically, he even spoke to Israelis, like, guys, the rest of the world does not have all of your interests in mind. He men mentioned a specific country, which is our, our home country, which is considered the best friend of Israel, that nevertheless, it's been, and it's been clear throughout history, and by the way, the Rebbe spoke about this many times, that Israel is not the 51st state, and will never be and should never be, and therefore Israel is the only person that understands Israel's own interests. <clears throat> he says, the rest of the world is not, does not, is not interested in your interests. They're interested in what interests them. 
and what interests them comes at a detriment to you. And one of the one of the most fascinating things I've seen on on television before, I watched a recording on YouTube, obviously, but is he turns, he says to the Jews, he says to the, he says to the Israeli people, he says, 2,000 years ago, the Jews were sent into exile by the Romans who destroyed their temple. Perhaps you don't realize, but the real destructor of the Jewish, of the Jewish people and, and the cause of their exile was not the Romans, it was the Jews themselves. The infighting that was happening amongst the Jewish people <clears throat> allowed the Romans to take advantage and to completely wipe us off. And he said, he said that he said the 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 politicians and the media in Israel and, and worldwide are not looking out for the greater good for the Jewish people. And what they're doing is they're sowing conflict. And when they sow conflict, it causes the enemy to get stronger. And now, two two words on that. The enemy gets stronger because they take advantage of our of of the lack of our unity. And number two, this is something that the rabbis also discussed and is also clear in many various sources in Torah, that that disunity amongst Jews creates a spiritual void that can be that is used to give spiritual strength to the Jews' enemies. Right. So, like you know the. The Arizal, the who lived in Sfat, by the way, <laughs> and he's like Swati. the Tzvati, yep. Yeah. Um, you know, in his uh, t- his his core teachings of Kabbalah, the kind of stuff you couldn't like wave your fingers at like that. Um, he says the Jews are kaima achas shleima; they're they're one one entity. The whole Jewish people doesn't matter they what kind of kippa they wear, doesn't matter whether they wear a kippa, whether they don't know what a, a kippa is, even whether they're anti kippa, it doesn't not relevant. Jews. They're, they are one piece. They're one thing. Okay, so the the unity that we um, made happen and and experienced and and felt when this whole thing started um, was insane, absolutely insane in a very good way. I mean, uh, it was. I don't think such a thing has happened in years. Ben uh, Shapiro got up on a stage somewhere. And said, uh, you know, he's not a rabbi, but he, he said something, he said a powerful line, which is, as far as I know, there was never a point in Jewish history that Jewish people were so united as they as they were in that moment. Right. And it's true, by the way. If you mm-hmm. if you think that the Jewish people are united in the Holocaust, which was the greatest slaughter of Jews in the in in in, in world history, you're mistaken. There's a lot of infighting amongst Jews and right. caused a lot of problems for the Jews. Right. Um, and when when this unity we having this unity, like like as as much as the horror was going on at the same time. The, 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 there was incredible miracles happening and the incredible blessings that we were seeing from this unity. And now with conflict coming back onto the scene, it, it's a reminder to us, I guess. And this is, let me, let me explain what I'm saying. I'm in America. I'm in, you know, Pennsylvania, you're in Toronto and other Jews listening are throughout the world. You know, we're not in Israel. We're not fighting. We're not protecting our land. We're not protecting other Jews. We're not doing these things. My response to that is we are. We are part of this uh, because we are one entity. It doesn't matter if we're physically located in another location. It's not relevant. We need to do what we need to do to protect our, our, our brethren. Um, and, you know, when we focus on unity and, you know, call up a friend, call up a, fe- a, a person, but, you know, even not a friend, call up something you haven't spoken in a long time and just check in on them. You know, do something nice for somebody. Do what you can in your surrounding, your like uh, your little neighborhood that you're in. And to, to increase unity, 
It's so important. It's so powerful. It's so not just for Jews, but for everybody. Um, this is look. Um, yeah, when when we're, we 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 sit over here and we kind of think, what's what's our role in all of this? Um, you know, and some people take that as you know we have to stand on the front lines here, or some some people took it as we have to go there. Some people did, and there and those people are heroic. Um, you know, I have a member of my community who spent a couple weeks in, in Gaza. He's uh, he was so so far released from the army, but uh, he's at any moment uh, going to be called back, and. Um, some people went there. Some people <clears throat> took to the front lines on the public relations frontier. Um, but I think you and you and I, as the, you know, the communal leaders here, what our role is on the front lines, and that's why I'm wearing my army green, do more, more Jewish cap with a do a Jewish patch on sale now. Um, <laughs> is um, our job? We are on the front lines too. We are. We have to inspire the the, the Jews in our surroundings to unify. At any cost, at any cost, when 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 disunity, when Jews fight with each other, I, I hate to, I don't want to, I don't want you know, I don't want to say be sound extreme. Jews fight with each other. Twenty one young Jewish boys, fathers of multiple children, are killed under the rubble in a in some hole in northern Gaza. Let's 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 put it. it sound, I know it's tense. Put it out on the. Let's put it out on the table. So. You know, we look at we look at his, I, 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 like you're saying in Hebrew, nimasli, nimasli, the 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 this the media and the these different you know voices and politics. Like in Israel, they're talking about an election. They're talking about making an election right now. It's the most insane thing in the world. It makes no sense, and our enemies are feeding on this. They're feeding on it. Um, so, you know, I guess we're not political commentators, but we have to do whatever we can to create unity. You said, call a friend right now. If everyone listening to this podcast would call someone they haven't spoken to in a year and just to say hello, we don't imagine what spiritual power that gives. Literally, I'm saying literally you, uh, 10 people call someone and create a, create a bond with someone they haven't created a bond with. A soldier survives a near-death experience in Gaza. Let's put it. Let's 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 put it. Let's do basic math over here. This is the way. This is the way the Jewish people function. This is this is the way that we that we operate. So every time that we feel a need to 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 pursue infighting, as as correct as it as it is, and you know we you and I know that unity, real unity, does not mean one position over another position, right? You know just because. We believe in the sanctity and the and the and the security of the land of Israel, you know, according to the you know according to what 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 is proven that to work versus versus different ideals that come from outside sources and very you know liberal and Western thinking doesn't mean I hate you for thinking that way. We're allowed to disagree. We're allowed to disagree, but but our and our disagreement should not cause us to become separate from one another. We're brothers. For God's sake, we're brothers. We're brothers. We and 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 I and I, I'll go as far as extending that to those to those Jews out there protesting pro pro Palestine. We're brothers. We're brothers. You're part of our people. 
You can't. You can do it. You can. You can count out to as many terrorists as you want, but it doesn't mean you're not part of our people. And the door will always be open for you. We're here. I'll. I'll hug you today, even though we we vehemently disagree. Right. I'll, I just want to give an example of you know just this idea of calling a friend, make it a little more. Again, I'm using the word friend. Call a fellow Jew. Um, I had somebody call me on Friday, uh, somebody that I am acquainted with. Um, I actually never met them personally. I never met them in, like in person, but uh, I've, I've spoken to them over the phone a number of times. Um, they had listened to some recording that I had put out uh, the past week, and they 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 reached out just to say hi and to say that what you said in that recording I needed to hear. It was something about the parsha, whatever it was. They needed to hear, it, and they wanted to let me know that 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 it it, it it resonated with them and they needed to hear that moment. And for me, that was incredibly powerful that he reached out. He took time off his date. It was a two minute call. He took two minutes out of his date to call me. And that showed me one, he's, you know, he's involved in what I'm, what I'm doing. Like he's listening to my recordings, whatever it is Two, he's thinking about me. I felt, I felt nice. It felt very, very good. And you have no idea how you can literally help somebody's life. Literally calling them, just call them, pick up the phone, call them. You can change their day. For some people, some situations, you can actually save their life. You have no idea what people are going through. Um, but just that's on a personal level, but also on a global level, it every inch forward in unity is incredibly, incredibly powerful and brings safety to everybody. It's just good for everybody. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's a tough moment. There's, there's, there's 136 of our Jewish brothers and sisters um, trapped in the hell tunnels of Gaza. We have thousands, tens of thousands of our brothers and sisters on the front lines in two in a two front war. This is a reckoning for the Jewish people in the sense that we, you know, we haven't been in such a prolonged conflict in, in, in centuries as a people. You know, every conflict that Israel went, you know, was part of lasted several weeks, couple months. We're in, we're in, we're into month number four already. Um, and so, you know, we mentioned before, you know, how it kind of may have faded to the background. It cannot fade to the background. This cannot become a background issue. I'm not saying that everyone has to sit and 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 you know sit and sulk in their bedrooms. I'm not even saying that people should like for me, my experience the first few weeks after the war started was I just my everything that I did felt heavy. I wasn't I was feeling I felt that I wasn't getting things done at the pace that I wanted because of what was happening, that I was losing. I was just I was distracted and and and, and not focused and I'm not saying to do that, but to remember, remember every time that you have a chance to do something good for another person. Every time you have a chance to do a mitzvah for yourself, not it's just between you and God. And you, and when you tell yourself and you give yourself reasons in the moment not to do it, think twice and remember that, you know, that there are guys that are, that have, you know, sorry, I have three children. There are guys, that have as many children as me that are out there more children than us that put their lives to the side to 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 literally risk everything for our sake 
for the sake of the Jewish people, for the sake of the, the land of Israel, for the sake of everything. It doesn't matter who you are. When you're in that uniform, what you think, what your background is, what you're, doesn't matter. That guy needs you, needs you, ladies and gentlemen, needs you to do that good deed that you are not sure about doing. And so if that, if, if, if you need something to tip the scale in your head, let that be the thought that's going to tip the scale. Do that mitzvah. Do that good thing for another person. I hope this stuff's being recorded because I can't hear what you're there's saying. There's someone in Gaza risking their life at every given moment to to fight the, the fight the, the 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 good fight in in for the safety and the security of the Jewish people. Thirty six minutes in, I don't see you. I lost sight of you, but I I don't know. If, I guess I, I'll hear you. I, uh, I hear. Do you hear me? Internet. What's with the internet? Yeah, I can hear you. Hello. Um, hear me now. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's it's I don't internet. I think I think it's about time we do uh, we go back to the basics and you know I will to get on my horse horse and buggy and come over to to Erie once every two weeks to go film with you <laughs> and we'll film in person. You know, using an um, old film camera. What's this internet? Yeah. Um. Anyway, Listen. final words, Dovey. It's thirty-seven minutes in. Listen, if if you have an opportunity like to do a mitzvah, like Rabbi was just saying, like that deliberation you had, should I, should I not? It's the, we all have a little bit of a terrorist inside us. Not God forbid that wants to do, commit terrorism in the world, but wants to commit terrorism within ourselves and not let us do good things and wants us to do rotten things. And we have the power to not listen to that stupid voice in our head that says, don't do it. Don't do good stuff. Just sit back, relax, enjoy the show, be the show. That's the more important thing. Um, Next, by the way, if anybody has any suggestions what they would like us to talk about, shoot us a text, send us an email. First of all, shoot us a text. I was, Dovey, I was actually, I actually was thinking about putting up a poll. I, me personally, I feel like I have a lot more to say about the subject of Israel. There's, there's a lot more that we didn't have time to touch upon. I don't know right. if you agree with me or not. Well, let's put it out there. Uh, we can make a poll on Spotify, actually, and we can, you know, make a poll on a different, uh, get people's opinions. Uh, to the listeners that listen, 38 minutes and 20 seconds in, if you would like for us to continue speaking about Israel um, in the next episode, uh, then let us know. And if you don't want us to, let us know. I right. think we should so, uh, the, engage the people. Here's the thing. On the one hand, it's such a crucial topic. We need to talk about it. On the other hand, it's such a heavy topic. And we want to keep things light, but well, not all black. I can't see you at all. Do we lose you completely? No, you're still here. I think we're recording. It says we're recording. I see a red dot and it says REC next to it. In two places on my screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my clock's still going. Maybe it's recording on my end. It's just not recording. Anybody's watching this, I hope you're enjoying it. Um, so it, it is. Okay, good. So let's just finish up. It is a heavy topic, and we want to keep things light. Um, but you know, God willing, next week this can be a light topic. You know, the, the God willing, we'll see salvation and redemption and miracles, amazing wonders. Uh, that's our hope, and that was what we should be praying for. 
Um, if you'd like us to talk about other things, you want to make a suggestion, you want to talk about coffee, you want to talk about AI, you want to talk about whatever it is, we can we can make it happen as long as, it, and we'll make it Jewish. Not that we'll make it Jewish, because everything's related to Judaism, the whole intricacies of the universe. So we will find ways to talk about it in an interesting one path. It's like it's like a Zoom meeting, right? It's somebody you can make somebody else the host, and then you could pop out, and we'll still record. <laughs> okay, Rabbi Shmuel is over and out. He thinks that he's not on the screen. We'll about to, we'll see in a few minutes if he was. Maybe I'm not on the screen. Maybe we're just you're, everyone's just watching a black screen right now. We're just talking to ourselves. So now you can say whatever you want. No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I mean, probably see you as soon as we stop recording, but. All right. Bye-bye.